Blog Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love Radio Show and thank you so much for the emails that people sent about uh, the show that I did, Healing by Proxy with Ian last week and lots of people have had questions about how to heal by proxy and how to do that and also too a lot of people have been very, very complimentary about Ian being so... uh, dedicated to healing himself and his son and up-leveling himself spiritually and being the guy that he is. So that was really lovely to hear about from you. Thank you so much. Now, today's show is a show that's been on my list to do and it's about narcissistic hoovering. And this is a term that's quite known about in the narcissistic abuse community. And if you don't know what this term means, hoovering is the term that's used to describe a narcissist trying to reconnect with you after a time of separation. And often this separation occurs after a time of silence between you and the narcissist. The hoovering will generally happen when you are not making contact and at times when you're trying to get on with your life. If you are the one trying to contact and make up it, it's more likely that the narcissist will devalue and discard you? If this is not the case, it's because the narcissist still wants something from you, such as possessions or money or status or contacts or sex because other sources are momentarily low. Many people over the years have stated about the narcissist in their life, why doesn't he or she leave me alone and when does it ever stop? And then, of course, there's many other people that are incessantly checking their emails and their phones and their answering machines, hoping and praying that the narcissist will contact them. It's very usual in the relationship with a narcissist to expect fear and dread hoovering and then at times feel like you won't survive if you don't receive it. Such is the incredible brain fry when you're stuck in the throes of narcissistic abuse. Additionally, people have been astounded at how even after the narcissist has moved on with a new partner that they still make contact and still try to affect and create reactions and that they not ashamedly declare their love and devotion whilst doing this with another person or multiple people at the same time or how they innocently parade a new partner in front of the ex-partner in order to hurt them and innocently, of course, is tongue-in-cheek with comments such as she is so wonderful and it means so much to have your blessing with her. What is this all about? Because clearly mature, decent adults just don't behave like this. And why do narcissists after months or years, even if you don't respond in any shape or form, still throw a line to test the waters to see if you'll take the bait? Why do they come up with phony excuses to contact in order to attack your weak spots which of course he or she has studied and known for some time, such as guilt or defending yourself with justification against 
bogus claims? And why does this person text or say things by email that are guaranteed to get your head spinning trying to work out what on earth did that mean? Why do narcissists keep acting out the same behaviour, the cycles of I want you and then repeatedly devaluing and discarding you? And why do they attempt to make contact with issues that normal people would have resolved long ago? Or profess sentiment or memories that do not in any way match the horrific way they treated you? And why is one response back from you sometimes enough for the narcissist to then disappear again? So why do narcissists hoover? The answer truly is simply because narcissists are empty voids. They need narcissistic supply to emotionally exist. And I did an article on a radio show recently on narcissistic supply. So if you're not quite sure of all of the ramifications of that, you can check those out. So narcissists need to know that they're affecting someone or someone hasn't got over them. And that this person is at their beck and call and that they are captured as a future feed if necessary. Narcissists are junkies. They tend to keep multiple sources of supply as backup. The same way crocodiles store pieces of meat under rocks when other food supplies fall low. So that they can go back and have a chew when necessary. So it's sort of really creepy but it's true. The worst insult possible to a narcissist is when a person creates their own up-leveling, truly detaches and reaches the hill point of you are not my reality. Because there is no greater threat to the narcissist's ego than being rendered insignificant and meaningless. Because the narcissist has no ability to generate, validate or sustain his or her own emotional well-being, People opting out of the narcissist stage play confirm the narcissist's greatest terror that he or she is unlovable, abandoned and worthless. These are the very fears that the narcissist has been trying to avoid with the use of these tactics. Conquer, punish, outstrategize, and control. And when of course this fails and produces results that are far from effective in granting the narcissist comfort, comfort, connection and stability, the narcissist's twisted perceptions then creates the ultimate devaluation that the narcissist's projected wounds have been playing out all along. Namely, the narcissist's despising of you and malicious attacks are all to do with him or her trying to destroy the parts of him or herself that the narcissist detests the parts that the narcissist has assigned as you, which is what projection is all about. It is unthinkable to most people that someone after committing such obscene behaviour could try to hoover and rehoover the person that they've emotionally brutalised back into their life shamelessly and often as if nothing at all happened. That is until we understand the narcissist's one and only driver, which is feeding the false self. Getting a hit of attention to stop the narcissist from collapsing inwards and being eaten alive by his or her own tortured inner being. Hoovering is not about love. It is about necessary narcissistic emotional survival and everything and everyone is merely an object serving that need. 
Unfortunately, many people don't realize that true detachment with no emotional hooks or energy is the true goal. To exercise the narcissist out of your heart, mind and soul like detoxifying a psychic virus so that you can genuinely no longer care less about the narcissist and so that you can be freed up to have the space to be busy developing and expanding yourself and creating your amazing true life emotionally and physically. Ultimately, this is the best way to A, stop feeding the narcissist and allowing yourself to be a target to be hoovered and B, be free of the obsession about whether or not any contact will occur and C, not react in any shape or form if hoovering does happen. Naturally, the understandable human model before self-recovery is to hope, despite the repeated evidence, that this person has finally got it and will stop the atrocious behaviour. It's also normal when not receiving a genuine sorry to be incensed, fight for accountability and or try to force this person into being the person you thought you'd signed up for, if a love partner, or be the family member or parent they should be by normal humane standards. However, any attention at all or the granting of any second, third and multiple chances is only handing the narcissist further narcissistic supply, the narcissistic drug of the ability to affect another person and get their energy grants me significance. Hoovering plays a huge role in the cycle of violence. And I want to explain what I mean. The cycle of violence goes like this. There is a period of calm, then tension builds, then abuse happens and then reconciliation takes place and then this is followed by a period of calm and the cycle continues all over again. Now this cycle is synonymous with narcissism. Now the horrible thing about the cycle of violence is that the abuse intensifies and the cycle becomes tighter and tighter and more frequent. You see, abusers who are narcissists don't learn by their mistakes. They are not genuinely remorseful and therefore they are not accountable or capable of real change. Rather than acquiesce to the pressure of the reactions of those around them in order to self-reflect and reform, they create greater defences and bigger self-maladaptation instead. The narcissist's false self cannot stand being held under scrutiny because it is above reproach. It is at this time that the narcissistic cracks start opening wider as more fully blown narcissistic tendencies emerge. If the victim is battered down in a submission, then it's open slather. The narcissist may make up non-authentically with comments such as, I told you I'm sorry, isn't that enough for you? Or make up not at all. And then continue on with narcissistic business as usual, especially if the abused person's boundaries and self-respect have crumbled. If the abused person's boundaries are getting stronger but are not as yet absolute, the narcissist may have to up the ante and pull out all sorts of stops to appear repentant, make wild promises and do whatever it takes to hoover the person back into the relationship. Either way, 
There is no period of sustained relief for the person who reconnects to the narcissist. And going back after being hoovered is never good. The person who has crumbled will be punished horrifically for being pathetic. Narcissists deem other humans inferior at the best of times. And for the person starting to lay boundaries, it is only a matter of time before the tables are turned and the rug is pulled out from under their feet. The previously totally remorseful narcissist will switch to who do you think you are for trying to have power and get the upper hand? No one holds me accountable and gets away with it. What remorse? It'll be flung out the window like it never existed. Once the cycle of violence has erupted, pulling away and then returning, especially if the narcissist had to say sorry, means the cruelty will escalate to unthinkable levels. I myself have experienced the return bouts as horrendous. They happen more and more frequently and violently. This formula has been identically witnessed within this community time and time again. And this is why it is so important to realise that when people cross the line into conscienceless, non-empathetic, pathological behaviour, they have left their soul behind. Definitely an addict who acts like this due to an addiction can reform. If humble, personal responsibility is taken and if they heal and the addiction ceases. But someone who behaves like this because of an ingrained personality disorder, forget it. I have never known one case of a narcissist who is capable of unspeakable pathological acts, reform and change. The reason being, even if he or she wanted to, the inner disowned wounds that are severely driving the extreme behaviour have taken over the narcissist. This is a condition of extreme unconsciousness. These wounds are forever bubbling just waiting to explode up and out or to be triggered off on a hairline detonator. If these wounds are never addressed and healed, reform is impossible. That is the bottom line. The narcissist has no power to stop such an unconscious wounded force, even if he or she wanted to logically. It would only ever be by meeting and dealing with the extreme subconscious wounds that there would be a chance. And no narcissist will commit to meeting their inner being with daily dedication for extended periods of time because their whole life is constructed to avoid doing this. So I want to talk about forms of narcissistic hoovering. I put a post up on my Facebook page about this article and I wasn't, it wasn't surprising, as it never is, how many people have experienced this stock standard narcissistic behaviours involved in hoovering. So here is a list of what I believe is the most common hoovering tactics and I've put them with them accompanying Facebook comments regarding these tactics. So not only will you note the tactic used but also the atrocious behaviour that was often discovered in many instances. So and I just want to thank everybody who did put up posts, who contributed to this article and this radio show. So we're going to start off with the first tactic which is promising you everything you want. And this is what one Facebook member posted. I had the apologies, offers of marriage, 
promises to treat me like a princess, happily ever after, etc. But the best effort was this. I've been thinking hard and I think maybe I did what I did because I grew up in a loveless family. I want to see a psychologist and together with you I can change. I have no interest in other women at all. I swear on my children's lives that I'm not speaking to any other women. I will prove to you I will do anything to have you back. He then got straight off the phone to me and phoned one of his past suppliers to organise a weekend away. I know this because she and I met after he used photos of her in an attempt to make me jealous and want him back. Yeah. So, the next one is going to any length to convince you. And this is what one person posted. My ex swore on our children's life. And another. He promised complete transparency by giving me all of his passwords to remotely access his email and social media to show he was no longer contacting other women. But of course, he then just opened up more channels of contact and stopped using the ones I had access to. The next one, pretending to offer support. He seems to hoover the most just when I start to find success, happiness and serenity. He claims he wants to be supportive, but in a very short amount of time, he starts to sabotage me with criticism, sarcasm and reminders of past failures. And the next grand romantic or caring gestures and one Facebook member posted the overly romantic overtures dedication of my favorite love song on the radio which I now can't listen to without feeling ill I didn't peg it before I fell for it hook line and sinker and the next comment Gifts like groceries, flowers, coffees, cards and cupcakes for my daughter at my front doorstep to offers of exotic vacations only to turn around and to break into my car and house to take special things away. Nasty explicit texts to tell me about his new women, women and texts professing love and devotion. And the next tactic, inciting your self-defense. And this is what one member wrote. One narcissist, child's father, drew me into conflict by always making me feel I had to prove myself to him or his friends that I wasn't the, insert insults here, that he kept claiming I was. And then we have the like nothing happened approach. For me, it's the way they would come back into my life expecting me to forget everything happening with no real discussion as to why they did what they did unrealistic expectations of wanting me to once again drop everything to be with them. And another Facebook person posted, He moved overseas for four years and then returned thinking everything would be back to normal. So the next tactic is hoovering by proxy. And this is what one lady wrote, my narc who I haven't seen, sorry, one gentleman, my narc who I haven't heard of for six months was out at a bar. One of my biggest and best known clients and friends was there. She decided to go up to him despite never meeting him before and talk to him about me. Text messages then later followed asking if I was aware they met and how she would love to know what he told me. Of course she will never know, lucky for her. And one lady wrote, because I ignore all attempts at content, at contact, such as the many letters he sends my lawyers and me, he drags my daughter into his hysterical dramas, 
probably because he knows that I'm going to be pissed at his upsetting her. But the thing is, I refuse to discuss him with my daughter. And another lady, buying a big red Bible and attending church regularly and making sure the children tell me. It's to make me regret giving up on him. I used to pray for him all the time. It used to be my only prayer. And the next tactic is hoovering when there is another partner in the background. And this is what one lady wrote. The ex jumped into a serious relationship as soon as I left him. Then when he realised I wasn't coming back, he actually told me I had to meet his new girlfriend and I would approve of her. Then a month later I met him to get all of my belongings and he looked me in the eyes and told me he doesn't have a girlfriend. And of course the comments, I'm the only one who loves you, we belong together, etc, etc. And another tactic is wanting friendship. This is what one woman wrote. He randomly sends text messages as though we're friends. He continues to dismiss my previous to the point statement that I won't be his shoulder to lean on and he and I would not relate at all anymore. I said I do not talk with men outside my relationship. He replied insinuating I wasn't being truthful. And the next tactic is using your compassion against you. He used his daughter putting her on the phone crying, wanting to come back home. This always brought me back. And another post was, the ex-narcopath did many things like suicide threats and faked serious illness like heart attacks and a stroke. So the next tactic is creating drama. And this is what one lady wrote. He uses our son, shows up late for pickups, makes huge deals and overreacts about a sneeze but can't change a diaper. Sends email after email demanding information or creating drama about mundane issues. And one gentleman wrote, She plans things for the kids on my days to have them and when I say no, we have plans, she loses her head and wants to know everything about our plans and brings up anything and everything to try to make me feel bad. She called me childish while she was doing all these things, maybe to get a reaction out of me. And then the last one that I believe are the most common tactics is random, ridiculous messages. Mine tried hoovering with text messages asking where his scissors were and oh, why did I have to take them? LOL. Weren't even his scissors, I don't think. Then it was a baking tray, LOL. So just note too, and this is me speaking, random messages may also include the excuse of special events pretending to be nice or using nostalgia such as please wish so and so my love for his or her birthday or I hope whoever enjoys his first day of school or are you going to so and so's anniversary, I wish I was there with you or I'm standing in our special place where we met, wish you were with me. So many of you who have been hoovered will relate to these common narcissistic tactics. What is so important to understand is that hoovering is not a compliment. When a narcissist is low on supply, any sources of supply are fair game. Rather than the narcissist deal with his or her own inner emptiness and pain, the phone is picked up and numerous people could be texted in an anxious self-avoidance frenzy and several options may be taken up 
from the people who do reply. So please know there is nothing exclusive, loving, loyal or endearing about hoovering. I love what one lady posted on my Facebook post because it is the absolute truth. And this is what she said and it is a classic. I got an email just this week out of the blue at midnight from the narcissist whom I hadn't spoken to in months. And this is what it said. Hi, just wanted to let you know I was thinking about you. I know I owe you an apology, blah, blah, blah. And this is what she writes. Translation. Hey, it's me. Turns out that secondary source of narcissistic supply I rapidly discarded you for wasn't all they were cracked up to be. I'm currently experiencing a temporary shortage of admirers as I either bore of them quickly or they figure me out. It's hard being me, even though I'm an expert at it, the acting and keeping my life straight is exhausting. So I was wondering if it'd be okay if I did that little hoovering thing I'm famous for. You know, where I pop in and out of your life like nothing ever happened, you stroke my ego and I get to cause more havoc and destruction all while looking for my next victim. Interested? Brilliant synopsis because it is so true. So let's have a look at our susceptibility to being hoovered. Narcissists know our weak spots and prey on them. This is all a part of this personality disorder to use people's character against them. So here are some of our most common gaps that leave us open to being hoovered. So the first one is over-responsibility to others. So if you struggle with feeling over-responsible for others and haven't as yet healed enough to anchor into responsibility for yourself, you will be susceptible to being swayed by guilt or feeling it is your duty to help. The narcissist may create contact by pulling on your heartstrings regarding third parties or him or herself. Now the core wound that is allowing you to be hoovered in this fashion is having felt like a caretaker from a very young age or you felt that other people's issues were your fault. You felt blamed and scapegoated for them. So the second main way that we can be susceptible is believe, this is a huge one, believing someone else is your source of security. If you feel that your survival, security or well-being has to be provided by someone else, you will be highly susceptible to the narcissist's glitz and glamour in the first place. And then when things start going bad, the false promises of being the provider of those things for you. The core wound making you susceptible is the survival and security fears which you took on from your childhood and or if you had controlling caretakers who did not allow you to develop into your own power to create your own life. So the third way that we can be really vulnerable to being hoovered is believing that someone else is your validation of being lovable and worthy. If you are carrying the beliefs of having to earn approval in order to feel loved and worthy, you will be suffering a lack of self-love and self-worthiness. And you'll be very susceptible to going back to words of love no matter how empty they are. The core wound causing you to be vulnerable is having absorbed beliefs of conditional love in childhood regarding being worthy and lovable only for what you achieved 
rather than being loved and acceptable for who you are. So the next one is believing that you have to justify yourself. If you believe that your sense of self depends on what other people think of you, then you are struggling to fully believe in yourself. And this means you will be susceptible to trying to prove your integrity. And then you can be easily hooked by the narcissist, making contact with the use of accusations. And the core wound which is making you hook back in is feeling persecuted and distrusted as a child. So these are really the main wounds, and there are others, that can keep us in the game. And it isn't until the healing message is understood. The narcissist is in my life to show me my inner wounds that I need to clean up. That we can easily detach and say no more. Such is the case when we evolve ourselves. The agony does not need to continue. Naturally, the hoovering can be reversed. Meaning that the narcissist has devalued and discarded you and then will not answer your attempts to reconnect. And the reasons why we can feel so panicked and terrorised at these times is because of the deep young wounds that many of us carry until we heal them. Namely, fear of abandonment. Rest assured that if the narcissist has found out that this is your biggest wound, it will be used against you in identical fashion to any primal childhood wound that you may be carrying. Ultimately, when we've assigned an abusive person or any person as the parent to soothe and heal our wounds that we have not yet taken responsibility for and worked on, we are in for a really rough time. Eventually, not understanding consciously what is really going on within us that requires healing can lead to an incredibly painful experience with a narcissist. Absolutely 100%. So when we have given in to being hoovered, many, many, many people in this community went back to narcissists after leaving them. So did I. I did it many times as well. What I always say now to people who are in the depths of despair, when they have gone back and then they find out nothing has changed and the abuse is happening again, this is what I say to them. It's all okay. Truly, you just missed something that you haven't found and healed yet. Once you do, you will break away again. And this time you will be more solid, freer and more healed than you were before this happened. So please know if you have been hoovered back in, you are not back at square one. You are simply co-creating with life all that is necessary to provide the clue of what do I need to heal now in order to set myself free. Such is the wonderful life-affirming purposes of life when we realize what is really going on and we can consciously embrace a bigger picture. So I really hope that this radio show has helped you and the article will be coming out Thursday Australia time where all of this, you'll be able to see all of the points and I really look forward to any questions or comments that you have about this blog article. And I really want to share with you, as I did with the people that were posting on my Facebook page, for the people that are feeling terribly hooked and traumatized and 
are being hoovered back in and are falling for it, I would love you to come into my free webinar because in my free webinar is where you will start understanding what you're relating inner wounds, what your gaps are that are causing this to happen in your life and how you can embrace them, find them and heal them and set yourself free. So all you need to do to find out about my free webinar is to go to melanietoniaevans.com forward slash free webinar, which is all the one word. So I'll repeat that again. MelanieTonyEvans.com forward slash free webinar and I would love you to join me so you can learn how to get out of this agony like myself and so many other people have been able to do. So that's it for me everybody until next week and lots of love. Bye bye.